0: Hi, everybody. I'm Mark Iskowitz, Editor-at-Large for mm and welcome to the mm podcast and to the next in our series called Marketers at Home, where we look at how healthcare marketers are adjusting to COVID-19. I hope you're well and staying safe during this difficult time. My special guest today is Sal Palozo. As Senior Director of Sales Operations for Antares Pharma, Sal is perhaps best known for his opinions on life sciences, commercial technology, and for leveraging tech like AI to smartly deploy the company's field reps and help them better anticipate and respond to physician needs. We're going to speak with Sal about ways he's using that technology, as well as how the firm is supporting HCPs as the healthcare system accommodates more online visits. We'll welcome and hear from Sal in a moment. First, some plugs, as my colleague Larry likes to say. Um, First of all, we're in the fifth annual installment of MM MM&M's Hall of Fame list, and the profiles will be going live on Tuesday, September 1st. Uh, secondly, our Best Places to Work survey is out in the field, uh, so please be sure to uh, participate in that if you haven't done so already. And finally, we have a number of events on the upcoming event slate, not least of which is MMM Transform, which is our flagship conference coming up on September 30th to October 1st. That's all about how healthcare marketing is adjusting to the new normal, and you can read about all of uh, the, uh, the agenda for that conference as well as the others by navigating to MMM. Python online slash upcoming events okay so i want to welcome you sal to the marketers at home podcast uh it's great to speak with you thanks for joining us thank you for
1: having me on your show on your podcast
0: absolutely um first as is customary uh, let's compare notes on our home office setup i'm taping from my attic in north jersey um and uh it's not as state-of-the-art um as our uh you know podcasting studio back in manhattan uh but it'll do for now how about you
1: I'm usually in my office attic as well, except today I'm working from our dining room because my uh, my son feels he's alone during his uh, his uh, waiting to go to virtual school. So I'm I'm doing it from our main floor, but it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge.
0: Yes, and uh, I had, uh, as we both know, a couple of uh, interruptions uh, from from my kids earlier. Uh, so we felt we got those out of the way. Uh, but I, I'm still in the attic, so um, you know it's a little bit harder for them to come up here. Um, but yeah, it, it is a challenge. Every day brings brings new challenges uh, in quarantine, doesn't
1: it? It definitely does. Definitely does. I mean, it's it's been an interesting five months, uh, to say the least. I mean, we we feel it's going to end, and then it starts up again. But uh, every day brings a new challenge, and and every day we find new solutions to to proceed.
0: Right. Absolutely. Necessity the mother of invention. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I've seen you speak at various live uh, conferences over the years. So it's great. You know, It's a privilege to, to speak with you one on one just to give people, folks at home, a little bit of background. For those that don't know, Antares Pharma is a pharmaceutical technology company uh, that really is focused primarily on building auto injectors. Uh, so, for instance, you'll um, place a generic product into your auto injector. And then, you know, your partner will commercialize it, but you also commercialize some of your own products as well.
1: That is correct. We actually commercialize two products, one in the testosterone replacement therapy market and the other one in rheumatoid arthritis. And we've been, and we've been doing it for over four years, commercializing products.
0: And you have a, you have a number of partners, um, so you're used to partnering as well as going it alone
1: yes we 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 like to say that we have uh, the medicines that make f- patients feel good because of the uh, because of our technology we have a very it's a uh, it's a self-injector, auto-injector with a very—I um, uh, think it's a 27 gauge needle. So it—it's what we say it's virtually pain-free, you know? and because of that, a lot of companies use our technology for uh, different rescue pens, for um, you know, daily injections, for uh, quite a, a numerous amount of uh, medications.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Um, you know the the delivery technology is just as important in some respects as the as the drug itself. Uh, you know if it, if it doesn't get used, you know uh, then it's kind of uh, defeats the point. So the auto injector is is very important in the grand scheme of things.
1: Well, I think uh, the, the unique um, features of our product is 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 twofold. One obviously is the virtual pain free, but second is compliance. Because it's virtually pain-free, patients tend to use it more regularly. It's it's a once-weekly injection, and uh, what we've seen is uh, compliance and persistency that goes well beyond the the normal. Typically, you know, drugs are are used for three months, then patients feel good or don't feel good, they stop using it. For a lot of our drugs we've seen uh, seven, eight, even 12 months of compliance and persistency.
0: Hmm. Wow, that's really impressive. Yeah. So, um, you know, let's get into what's been happening in the last few months. Um, I know you were uh, in the midst of a launch last year that was very successful. Um, you were enjoying some, some really nice, you know, quarter-on-quarter growth. And then uh, the, the pandemic happened. Uh, so talk about how, you know, that has kind of, um, you know, threatened to disrupt the launch. Um, but you know, to take us through that, and what maybe you were prepared for what what maybe took you a little bit by surprise and kind of how you pivoted.
1: yeah, so that was actually a very uh challenging time. We had just actually came out of our uh, national sales meeting, which happened at the end of February, and we had just given the you know our you know uh, released our marketing plans, our strategy for the continued growth of our product, and two weeks later. <laughs> Covid happens, right? So now all of a sudden we have, uh, um, you know, a sales force that has been trained on uh, face-to-face visits and uh, how to reach uh, physicians and what to say face-to-face, but obviously complete shutdown, right? And we were actually quite fortunate because late fall of 2019, we had already made the decision that we wanted to expand our markets and start going into what we call white space area. And we we were looking at bringing on a uh, internal sales team. So we had already, purchased and built all the infrastructure to to do remote meeting, to do approved emails, to do all the the, the virtual tasks. It was just never deployed. We were so successful face-to-face that we decided not to deploy it. COVID comes along and overnight we flip the switch and all of a sudden we're back into a training mode and we're, we're changing content. We're training our reps to start uh, virtually detailing. And I would say within less than two weeks, our, our reps were already making phone calls and, and, and scheduling meetings and, and, and continuing those discussions with their, uh, with their customers.
0: Wow. So because you had laid the groundwork in the fall, you really were able to kind of ad- adapt uh, more quickly.
1: Correct. I mean, I mean, uh, there's there's three main there's three main things that you have to do when you're you're going uh, digital, right? You, obviously, you have to have the technology. Foremost, without the technology, you cannot go virtual, right? But th- it's not just the technology. You have to also have the content, right? Because content is different when you're virtual versus when you're in person. And then finally, you have to have the sales force that's trained on the, the, uh, the technology. So <laughs> within that two-week period, we, we digitized and, and put through our MLR process all the materials that we would present virtually within a two-week period. And then we, we, we started the training and multiple uh, types of training. We obviously sent self, you know, self-training, so they went through a self-training. Then we buddied up the the reps with their managers so that they can try the technology and and rehearse the details and and try out the technology. And so after that two-week period, reps were ready and, and, and ready to go. But even more interestingly enough, while we were doing that, the technology companies were enhancing the technology, right? Because I don't think any technology company thought that Uh, remote meeting was going to be widely used in a short period of time so they were going to an evolution as well so the amount of upgrades that we got I mean almost every two weeks we were getting an upgrade so every two weeks we had to make sure everything's working the material was working and so forth it's now stabilized and it's uh, starting to become more mainstream uh, within our uh, sales team
0: yeah, yeah, and you know some people may forget that uh, you know payer power is still a factor. You know we've seen that recently with some of the big PBMs like Express Scripts. Um, you know rejiggering their formularies for 2021 and taking meds off and putting them them on their formulary. But you know you you have that. You have um, you know mail order is an issue. You know you have prior authorization. All these things that. Uh, you need to make sure are in place in order to get pull through for your product. Talk about some of the programs you had to put in place to ensure access during this time.
1: Yeah, so that was part of the programs we were starting to do in uh, late 2019. We were actually putting in place uh, a virtual sales team to deal with the the challenges, the prior authorization. There's a lot of prior prior authorization that has to happen um, before you can prescribe the uh, uh, the product. So one of the things that we had to do was... That really speed up the implementation of uh, this process, and so two main programs that we had to put into place. One is we 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 ensured that the priority for our virtual salespeople. So we have two types of salespeople. We have what we call patient service representatives. And once once a prescription is written, and once uh, a challenge has been identified for the patient to receive the treatment. They kick in to make sure that they try to remove any of the the payer challenges. They they have conversations with the pharmacists the, uh, to make sure that they're entering all the information correctly. They have uh, conversations with the physicians to make sure that they're all they're submitting all the right authorization requests for authorization and um, make sure it goes through. The second part of the puzzle you actually touched on it. So with COVID, obviously. Uh, you had a lot of folks that were concerned about going to the physician office, were concerned about going to the pharmacy to get their treatment. So we also started a campaign where we were – partnering with some specialty suppliers, national specialty suppliers, so that the physician had a specialty uh, pharmacy um, partner where they can send the prescription to and they would work in uh, conjunctions with us to make sure that the patient would never have to leave their home and we would ship the product to them. So with those two uh, programs in, in, in place, we were able to keep our, uh, our launch growth uh, going.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, you've been also spoken a lot about this at conferences in terms of leveraging technology like AI, and yeah. the motivation for that for for your use of it, as I understand, it, is really to to improve pull through for your brand to get more patients covered. Did the pandemic change the way you use AI? Did it increase it? Did it did it decrease? How did that affect things?
1: You know, it, it increased adoption, or if if anything, right because. You know, I, I've always, I've, I've worked for numerous companies and also data vendors. And, you know, one thing that I've learned in my years is data is old the day you get it. I mean, it has to be processed, it has to be cleansed, it has to be matched. By the time you get it, it's already about two weeks old. Data that's two weeks old is still very good, but not very conducive to AI and not very a- a- actionable if a patient is waiting to be to treated. So we leverage a lot of our Partner, our, our vendor data, our specialty supplier data, our copay card data, and that data comes to us daily, right? So we we have we're using technology to uh, to consume the data, to cleanse the data, to match the data, and then to to generate suggestions for our representative through AI. And what AI has allowed us to do is prioritize which insights would be served up to the representatives first, right? The depending on uh, the interaction, depending on the call activity, depending on the, the level of engagement, it would deliver the right insight to the physician. Now, what our reps have is the right level of permission. Is it informative? Is it just telling me that everything is okay or is it telling me to take action? And that's how we, we, we separate the information so the rep can quickly act on the information they need to act on and then just go through the data that's informational so that they know that whatever whatever activities they put into place has been successful for them. So mm-hmm. that, that's worked out very well.
0: Sure, sure. So, you know, you, you talk about making sure that your data is, is fresh and up to date. Uh, and you use, utilize, you know, um, specialty supplier data for for your CRM system for your copay cards to make sure they're they're well utilized, and you have a fresh supply of data coming through. That's um, sounds like very good advice, you know, for yeah. people out there.
1: So you so obviously CRM data is real time, right? You you do a you do a call, you enter it yeah. in, it's real time. What I like to say is we we're we're thriving towards near real time data. Basically, my reps are, are aware of an outcome with less than 12 hours after it, it gets reported to us. So our data comes in at midnight by 12 noon. It's already uh, consumed into our data warehouse. It's cleansed, and it's uh, sent out for uh, usage by our representatives. So their, their data is less than 24 I would say anywhere between 24 and 36 hours, right. Depending on when the, uh, the, the transaction happened.
0: Sure. Sure. That's, that's quite a turnaround.
1: Uh,
0: now, speaking of, um, you know, HCP contact and, and engagement, um, you know, obviously uh, companies like yours uh, that have sales forces had to um, get, you know, smart with, you know, remote engagement, meeting tools really fast. What's, What's the little secret there? You know, it sounds very easy. Okay, you fall back on this technology. What's what's left unsaid in those kind of widely touted open rates uh, that the, the, the you hear these days?
1: Yeah. So so that's that's actually a very uh, interesting question, right? So um, we have about eighty-five reps uh, with various degree of usage, and the reps that have been most successful with remote meetings are the reps that. Uh, set up the remote meeting correctly it's not just you know let's let me send them an email they click on the link and i'm talking to them there's a lot of work that a rep has to do before they get to that 15-minute conversation with the uh, the office staff or the physician right they have to you know send out mailers to let them know that they're still available they have to you know uh make phone calls they have to send texts they have to send emails we have to send them instructions in some cases we've also even done rehearsals with some of the physicians where we're teaching them how to use the technology Uh, okay so this way when we get to the point where we're actually having a conversation with them All the the technology roadblocks have been eliminated. And now the rep is having, um, you know, a very productive conversation with the physician. And it involves, you know, including the staff members. It involves gathering additional email addresses in order to communicate with them. There's a lot of setup before those calls happen, but I'm I'm pleased to to, to inform you that once those roadblocks have been eliminated and once the uh, representative has established that relationship and that trust level with the physician, when it comes to remote meetings, they're happening anywhere from every other week to to, to every week, depending on uh, the circumstances. We're we're now. Um, having physicians order samples with remote signature. We're have, we're doing lunch and learns remotely. We're mm-hmm. doing detailing remotely. All the activities that a rep was doing face-to-face, they're now able to conduct virtually, the same way we're doing right now this podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, you, you, you say there's um, a lot of activities that go into um, communicating, setting up the... Um, uh, you know, virtually, you know, setting up the doctor for that, finally, that remote sale um, from email, snail mail, in-person virtual visits, um, you know, used to engage them. T- talk about the effect that COVID has had on that mix. You know, I guess, I guess you got to discover the right balance between, you know, virtual in-person so on and so forth. But, you know, what, what's the right mix of activities you need to get in order to get to a physician remotely these days?
1: Yeah, so that, that's, uh, you know, I think the first thing we had to do was able to capture those different activities. I mean, prior to COVID, I mean, it was just your typical three types of calls, sample, lunch and learn, and uh, face-to-face call. So we had to, you know, we had to uh, modify and put in the, uh, the the right capture capturing tools into our CRM system so that reps could now tell us, you know, Uh, I'm doing mailers, I'm doing um, phone calls, I'm doing uh, in-person visits. I have to, you know, now that we're about, I guess we're about five months into this, and we're now starting to get some really good data back from our CRM, it's clearly that the reps that only do one activity, okay, are less successful than the reps that do a series of activity. And what, what I've seen is it almost takes, you know, for every um, remote meeting, okay, it can take, you know, probably another six or seven pre-activities from texting to uh, emailing to phone calls. And after, after they, they've established that, that connection remotely, then I've seen, you know, the... The, the phone calling and the texting go down and I've seen an increase in the the, the frequencies of remote meeting almost as if that remote meeting has replaced an, an in person scheduled meeting. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so so the more the more sorry the, the more uh, mixed the, the the broader the mix the more success yeah. they have typically.
1: Yeah, so we built a dashboard around the activities and you can clearly see that you know the 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 gap. Uh, it used to be about 60% uh, phone, texting, and mail. Now it's gone down to about 30% uh, um, the, the buildup activity, which is the phone calls and texting. You have about another 33% uh, in-person as markets are starting to open up. And then you have another 30% remote. So you got a nice balance now. It's almost a one-third, one-third, one-third. Oh,
0: okay. okay, nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so you got, you got to discover the right balance between virtual and in-person. So a hybrid approach sounds like it's, uh, it's becoming the, the way to go. What what's the right level of resources to put out there uh, and the right structure as you look forward to 2021? I know you said you have about 85 reps now. You're calling on endocrinologists, urologists uh, for your testosterone replacement product and then rheumatologists for the other product. Um, wh- what are you thinking? Are you thinking uh, about maintaining that level or, or changing it for, for next year?
1: Yeah so that that's that's a, a, an excellent question. Right now we're for this year we're not making any changes. I mean we took the approach that uh, we're going to invest in our our reps. We were, were pleased to announce that you know we we didn't lay off any reps. We kept everybody and we kept the entire staff during COVID. Um, our plan is again not to restructure in uh, 2021. Sorry, 2021. We do plan to bring in more uh, virtual reps to help with more of the white space, and and also we're seeing a value in having a, a, a balance between in person and virtual. So we're we're looking at potentially. Having um, you know the 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 internal sales set up the 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 remote meeting yeah, for our reps. And, I mean, uh, these are reps, right? I think the the challenge when it comes to reps is a rep is a sales rep because he's personable. He likes being in front of people. Okay, to to and and some reps will adapt faster than others, but you know that relationship, that you know that in person relationship, it. Is a huge roadblock for them and uh you know one of the things that we had to do was obviously get them to overcome that roadblock i think they're there's they're starting to get it and you know they're seeing the success of all the uh, the the fruits of their labors and, and and now we're starting to get a a, a sales force that is comfortable with technology and i'm talking virtual technology and as great as technology is today you're still getting the loss of signals you're still getting the the shutdowns right so they're getting more comfortable they're also getting comfortable with walking through their positions with overcoming browser issues and 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 so forth and and uh, yeah i i think you know the the future what it looks like it's probably going to be a you know i don't know yet what the balance it could be a 60 40 it could be an 80 20 but there's still there's definitely going to be anywhere from a, a 20 to 40% uh, virtual activity in the future that's mm-hmm. not going away and in right. fact we're we're in fact we're investing in more technology and more channels more digital channels because it it it's it's working yeah? And I think the the other concern we all have is, uh, you know, physicians, you know, they're physicians because they they want to treat patients, right? And patients are no longer comfortable going into into um, uh, waiting rooms when there's a lot of folks, right? Having two or three. Sales reps waiting to be, you know, to be seen by a physician just adds to the people in the in the waiting room. So this is a way to, you know, to reduce, uh, um, you know, that that to, to reduce that wait time to to increase the space for physician. So and and you know, I I don't see this going away, and I think the reps have finally come to terms with that and and are starting to uh, apply it in their everyday life.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. Um, speaking of doctors' channel preference, are you finding yourself segmenting doctors differently, like calling on physicians whom you know are more comfortable with virtual interactions, that type of thing?
1: Yeah. So uh, COVID has opened up. Uh, a whole new audience of physicians for the Ontario's reps. There was a, a lot of physicians that were in uh, restricted offices where they weren't allowing the reps in, and uh, some of our reps they took the opportunity to reach out to them, and they started a relationship and they started writing. So it actually opened yeah. up a whole new audience. Yeah.
0: What was the what was was the catalyst? You know the the fact that they they needed medical information in the heat in the heart of the pandemic
1: uh yeah samples they you know there are a lot and they just they you know they're they're just not open pre-covid or even post-covid they're just not open to, to having reps come in because of the uh, the you know the policy of the practice uh in the past they were just leaving off leaving off Brochures, okay, and hoping that it would get to them. Now, with with all the technology which wasn't available to them before, they're now able to have that relationship versus just the phone. It's 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 completely different uh, interaction. I mean, it's not in person, granted, but you know, being able to see the person in front of you and and, and having that dialogue really has opened up. Uh, you know that 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 segment of the market. Sure. That's, that's really
0: interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one more question and then we'll, we'll, we'll let you go. Um, obviously when you're launching a product, you want to make sure it's differentiated. I mean, that's just kind of like table stakes. Uh, but yeah. would you say that um, the hur- that hurdle is different today? Like is, is, is you need to obviously be differentiated, but there is, is there another component to the success of a new product uh, or pharmaceutical technology that you would say you've learned in the last six months?
1: Yeah, actually, that's, a, that's an excellent question. I think you know it's 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 an exciting time for a, a company launching a product in, in COVID. And the reason I say that is if you think of pre-COVID or be, before all this technology, okay, a rep was given a, a list of physicians, and it can take probably months weeks, months before they, they go through the, the the list and they identify the right physicians with the access and, and and create the relationship. And in this environment, I can I can truly see those the that duration of months come down to days, even weeks, because with the with all this technology, you can get to uh you can go through that list much faster. OK, and you can set up the the, the, the visit a lot faster and you're you able to, to share with them the information a lot faster on their time, not when you're not when you're available to go, but on the physician's time. I truly believe and, and, and I am having conversations with other uh, uh, my peers that are launching products and they're changing their, their model. They're changing the model from from, you know, uh, inside sales and and field sales to just one sales reps with the, the right set of tools to get to uh, their their potential customers faster. Yeah. And I think that's an exciting, I think the this industry has been uh, wanting this for a very long time. Everybody's been talking about this for a very long time. And uh, because of COVID, I think it's all been accelerated. And, and uh, what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is the adoption rate of the technology yeah. uh, within the, the marketers, within the sales force, has has been very quickly. Um, The material they're developing has been at a very fast pace. And the acceptance within the the physician community has been high as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there was a huge fear of technology being a, a roadblock because it never works. And I think what, what you're seeing, and, and again, because, because uh, within the last six months, a lot of these technologies invested a lot of dollars to, to correct a lot of their issues, you're seeing a much better technology out there that, uh, that, would really will, will, will help uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies and, and, and their reps to get to uh, their target audience much faster.
0: That, that's a really good point. I mean, I, I, now I, really appreciate more what you were saying earlier Where in the first couple of weeks when, when we realized that we weren't um, going back to the way things used to be, you saw this flurry of tech updates, you know, and yeah. uh, versions of things. And there was a lot more communication with, with your technology vendors. Um, and to the extent that tech was a roadblock in the past, because it never worked and it was very hard for you to get sales reps to use it. That's, that's changed. That that's, that's yeah. huge.
1: Yeah. That's huge. It's very, it's really huge, and it, it's more mainstream. I mean, who doesn't have a cell phone and who's not doing video chatting? Any, I mean, everybody is zooming now, so it's 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 commonplace. Uh, and uh, companies should not you know, pharmaceutical companies should not shy away from implementing it. It's it's going to be a, a, a value tool in in the toolbox of of your reps today. No question.
0: Great, great. Well, thank you, Sal. I really enjoyed this. I mean, it's always great to, to hear your opinions on, you know, the life sciences, commercial technology, um, and, uh, you know, especially now on this monumental sort of generational shift we've seen over the last six months and the adoption and acceleration and usage of, of this kind of technology. So, ben, thank you again.
1: Welcome. It was a pleasure uh, having this discussion with you. I look forward to future ones.
0: Absolutely. we'll we'll make that happen. Uh, So That'll do it for, uh, for this installment of the marketers at home podcast. Um, Please be sure to like this podcast. If you enjoyed it to help others discover the show and please subscribe to us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, so for Sal Paloza, Marcus Gwitz signing off here. We'll see you next time on the MMN podcast. Take care, everybody.
1: All right. Take care. So long. Bye.